For The Daily Princetonian, I'm Theo Wells-Spackman. You're listening to Daybreak. Today, we cover the Young Democratic Socialists of America's Workers' Town Hall in Princeton, new protection eligibility for Venezuelan migrants in the U.S., and Ukrainian President Vladimir Zelensky's visit to Washington, D.C. It's Friday, September 22nd. We spoke with news staff writer Luisa Giorgita about the Young Democratic Socialists of America, also known as the YDSA, and their workers' town hall yesterday evening. We work in a 24-7, 365 environment. We work long and hard hours, early and late hours. We have compromised and sacrificed many on many issues in our last several contracts for the short-term relief of the university. My name is Luisa Girgita. I'm a staff news writer and staff photographer for The Prince. Could you tell us a little bit about the uh, YDSA town hall that happened um, earlier this evening? Sure. So this event was supported by the YDSA and the SEIU 175, and this event focused on two primary concerns. One, that the university is not paying its workers enough wages, and that they are unable to have free speech opportunities because it violates a clause in an agreement made by the union, which many service members are part of, and the university. Gotcha. And, and could you elaborate a bit more about like what free speech means in this context? Like, What can't they do specifically? Sure. So for example, some of the legal jargon that was used, they are not allowed to strike hold stopping strikes or have any type of disruption or work because if they do, they face disciplinary action or they even risk being fired. Right. And um, was it like clear at the event that that those kind that kind of language was um, affecting the way that they were protesting or participating in the town hall? I would definitely say so. A lot of them, they did not bring signs. They did not speak. Some members did speak, but to do that, they basically risked their jobs. And yeah, so instead, students, actually, um, one of the co-chairs of the YDSA, Bryce Springfield, he said that the event was created because service workers requested it because they cannot, they're not allowed to assemble an event like this themselves. And during the event, many anonymous submissions created by service workers were read out loud by other students. So in a way, they did indirectly express their concerns, but without possibility of backlash and retaliation. And then lastly, could you just um, go a little bit more in depth into the kinds of concerns that workers have and the kinds of um, struggles that they've been having um, at at the hands of the university? Sure. So people are having trouble... Um, paying for basic necessities such as food, transportation, shelter, all that. We've heard from people that had to skip out on car insurance, people that are struggling with child support. Um, People cannot have any extra money for vacations or for a little time off because they're so busy working overtime trying to pay the bills. Some people are taking out loans just to keep up with the general cost of living in Princeton, which is very high. And they really want the university to raise wages because right now I believe it's at a starting wage of $20.75. And according to the SEIU president, Jeff Coley, there has only been a, an increase of about $0.71 cents in the last three years. So that's not a lot. 
and Princeton workers know that their colleagues at Harvard and Yale are making significantly more money and they wish for the same thing to happen at Princeton. So yeah, they definitely want the university to hear them out. In national news, on Wednesday, the Biden administration made all Venezuelans who have lived in the United States since July eligible for temporary protected status. This new policy has given nearly 500,000 migrants who cross the border without legal documentation the right to obtain work authorization. This influx has been caused by violence, natural disasters, and economic hardship that have worsened for the last decade in Venezuela. Eligible migrants will be able to move out of publicly funded shelters more quickly, easing crowding concerns. According to experts, this policy could encourage more migrants to come to New York City, posing the threat of a possible housing crisis. This decision comes as Republicans threaten to shut down the federal government over the Biden administration's immigration and border policies. In international news, yesterday India announced the suspension of visa services for Canadian citizens and issued a, quote, travel advisory with the highest caution for Indian nationals planning to visit Canada. Canadian Prime Minister Justin Trudeau denounced the Indian government on Tuesday for its alleged involvement in the assassination of Sikh activist Hardeep Singh Nijar. The United States National Security Advisor, Jake Sullivan, expressed support for Canada and pledged cooperation in its ongoing investigation. Ukrainian President Volodymyr Zelensky visited Washington, D.C. yesterday to stress the need for more aid in the war against Russia. The request comes just a day after one of Ukraine's closest allies, Poland, stated that it will stop sending arms to Kyiv after meeting its existing commitments. Poland's decision to focus on its own military reinforcement may have implications for Ukraine's attempt to push Russian forces out of its southern regions. The United States Congress is currently in conflict over how to respond to Ukraine's request. House Speaker Kevin McCarthy failed for a second time to call the GOP's defense spending bill to the floor yesterday. With a few far-right holdouts, the bill fell a few votes short of the necessary margin. The deadline for a funding bill to be passed is September 30th, to avoid the government going into shutdown. Expect today to be mostly cloudy, with a high of 72 and a low of 56 degrees. That's all for Daybreak today. Today's episode was written by Tendakai Mawokomatanda, Dora Shen, Oshi Lahiri, and me. Sound engineered by Lena Kim, and produced under the 147th Managing Board of the Prince. Our theme was composed by Ed Horan, class of 22. For the Daily Princetonian, I'm Theo Wells-Spackman. Have a wonderful day.